3: Have a fun topic for us today, uh, the backup quarterback situation. Joining me to talk about it today is Chris Caldwell. Chris, how are you doing, Betty? I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for the invite. You're you're welcome. Of course, thanks uh, thanks so much. But uh, backup quarterback, obviously, with Robert Griffin here, the last couple of years has not been an issue. Uh, you know, a fairly capable veteran backup. This year, uh, the Ravens, uh, after using two other backups in games last year, uh, are down to just Tyler Huntley at this point among the
4: non wounded. Yeah. So uh, situation, you know, it, it, on on it would seem to be looking pretty bleak, but, uh, Tyler really, you know, he's been showing well this preseason. So excited to talk about, um, how we're looking in terms of a backup this year. So, um, you know, I I really kind of wish that we weren't in this situation. Um, looking back at this off season, there was quite a few, um, veteran QBs that I I wish the Ravens would have sought. So, um, you had Tyrod Taylor, ex Raven Mm -hmm. that, uh, Signed a, a pretty, you know, affordable deal with Houston, and he's going to be their starter. Um, so um, losing RG three, that would have been someone who knows the scheme, probably could have fit right in and um, and done well um, as a backup. And and I guess I'll, I'll stop there before I name the next couple of people and and talk about. You know, I I really think the Ravens do need a backup who's ready to step in and play. You know, three, four, five, six. Games in a row and get some wins. This is a Super Bowl ready team. You can't uh, have a five or six week Lamar injury and, um, you know, afford two or three losses there. So I think backup quarterback was uh, somewhat underlooked uh, this offseason. And uh, Tyrod Taylor would have been a perfect target. Um, Also, Jacoby Brissett.
3: Okay, um, let's let's talk about Tyrod for a second because yeah, sure. there's some, certainly some things to love about him and other things are not that high. Affordable contract certainly for a starter, but he's making about five and a half million dollars this year. So you know, for the Ravens to take on another contract like that, it would have to be one of the centerpieces of their off program. It, it might have to go without, say, Sammy Watkins, if they'd have gotten Tyrod Taylor as a backup. Not saying that would have been a bad choice. I'm just saying it would have been a choice.
4: Yeah, definitely opportunity cost there. You would have had to to give up a, another signing, maybe a Justin Houston or something like that. But um, yeah, Jaco- someone like Jacoby Brissett is in the same bucket. He mm-hmm. signed for for five million to be Tua's backup in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is, uh, is there
3: maybe, anyone who's out there unsigned right now that is, looks like a one
4: million dollar guy? So I'm. I'm not unsigned. Um, there's no one that is unsigned, but um, if you want me to talk about it now, I think there's a, a tremendous trade target um, in, a, in the right situation uh, for the Ravens.
3: Yeah, let's maybe we're getting ourselves a little ahead of ourselves, and I'm sorry I pushed you there. And my, my mistake there, but uh, in, in terms of Tyrod, w- the thing we really liked about it, was the fact that Tyrod's a very close, stylistic match. And that's also the one with Huntley, that you don't need to change your whole offense when you bring in a Tyrod Taylor. He can do a lot of the things Lamar Jackson would do, just maybe not as well. Whereas, I think we kind of saw in the preseason this year that McSorley, it was a, would have been a challenge for him to really run the Lamar offense the same way, given he just
4: doesn't have the foot speed of either Huntley or, or certainly of Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Um, back in their college days, McSorley was actually the more decorated runner of the two. Uh, put up at near or above 10 touchdowns in three uh, each of his three years at Penn State. So it's almost a little shocking to me that uh, he didn't grasp this offense a little better than he did. But uh, Huntley, just he's mini Lamar. I mean, he doesn't have the arm talent, obviously, that Lamar has because mm-hmm. he's undrafted out of Utah. But um, when he is running the option and taking off, you, you can't help but think, you know, that's Lamar back there. So you made a great point saying that uh, he's the perfect backup to take your offense and run it at 80 percent efficiency of the way Lamar could. Yeah, for a game or two, hopefully no more. Obviously, any team that
3: loses their backup for an extended period. If they're going to be out for six games, you're in a heck of a lot of trouble. Is, I mean, the Ravens are no different than that. But how would you, how fearful would you be
4: of a four to six game trial from a Huntley? Yeah, so I think there's a, there's somewhat of a, you nailed it. There's somewhat of a a cusp there, right? So I think if Lamar were to suffer a, a, Two to three week injury, I would not seek a trade if I were the Ravens because I don't think Huntley will be figured out um, in that span. Um, if Lamar were to have a seven or eight week injury, I think you would have to seek another um, uh, another quarterback because Huntley's style, he's certainly going to be able to come in and finish out a game um, where Lamar might get banged up or come in and, and win you a game or two. Um, but he was undrafted for a reason, and uh, I don't think for a win now, top five Super Bowl contender in the NFL, you can say I have my nope, my one backup quarterback for the entire year with mm-hmm. Huntley. Now, Huntley's been an interesting player at camp because he has
3: got a monster arm, I would say stronger than Lamar's in terms of, of his ability to really throw the ball on a line downfield. In fact, you really notice it because they're throwing a lot of loop it, looping drop-in-the-bucket throws, McSorley in particular. A lot of the passes in 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, you know, are, are just long looping throws. When he does that, he's not really challenging himself or even the receiver as much because the, the rules of contact for the defensive back prohibit ...them from really taking action on the football that's dropped in the bucket, whereas the rules of football on game day, of course, are all, every man for himself in terms of, of making sure that ball hits the ground. Uh, I'm, I, I, yeah, what I saw at Huntley was more deep line drive throws that would have been naturally contested if they'd have passed a defender... And uh, you know that that was you know it included. I think it was one long completion to crochet, but it might have been another receiver very early in camp on the first or second day uh, that you said, "Wow, you know that's just not a not a throw we see. That's very different from other throws in this camp." So my question'm I'm, that I'm leading up to in this very long winded way is the Ravens in the preseason have run boot 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 and a bunch of uh, you know very short passes, very basic things they haven't tried to really give Huntley a lot of opportunities to push the ball down the field. Do you think that is impacting our our thoughts about Huntley in a way that is unfair? I think a
4: little bit um, it, but you know there's there's very limited even with Huntley playing a full game um, in the last preseason game, there's just very little we've seen of him if you're not able to go out to um, training camp, right? So um, the general public just honestly doesn't know what to think. And the one thing that sticks in my head was last year in the playoffs, Marquise Brown opened by 15 yards for a walk-in touchdown and overthrows him um, in, in the in the fourth quarter of that Buffalo game. But um, yeah. he also made a great playoff. Um, line drive throw on a comeback to Marquise Brown for a I believe it was a third and like a third and 18 or something like that and that was a a great throw that that sticks in our minds so um yeah I I think we could do you definitely do worse than Huntley and I think uh for being an undrafted player he's really shown well especially in his ability to mirror Lamar's talents Really, kind of sad for McSorley. Obviously,
3: coming out of that Cleveland game last year, getting hurt. I think a lot of us, you know, watching that. And I know I was, was saying that's probably the last snap he'll take as a professional. As you know, if he's hurt, he's going into year three. He's already kind of got that inherent disadvantage to Huntley of two additional option years on that on that first contract. So Huntley will be here four years, starting now and McSorley would only be here two more so that's already a point kind of you know against him but now McSorley could still be on the practice squad and the Ravens could harvest you know that value But uh, but it's it's kind of a shame that McSorley getting hurt was a trigger for some of that at least in terms of him uh, not being ready to go I don't think he's really been treated unfairly in camp in any way shape or form I think he's gotten a good share of the reps with Huntley uh, at least that I've seen and obviously with Lamar out a number of days
4: um, you know that has certainly helped both of them in terms of preparedness yeah so what do you you think they'll do uh, with McSorley what's the path forward here
3: I, I mean I would say the practice squad. I, I, I think he's he'd be the best available one week option as the backup if something happened for Lamar. You can use two elevations for him during this year. Same rules as last year, so you have that. Uh and then I think,
4: you know, you do what you would say and, and well, tell me what you would say rather than me tell you what you would say. Yeah, so I, I if, if we can get McSorley on the practice squad and Lamar on he has a one or two week, three week injury I think we have a perfect plan, right? We have Huntley take over as the starter and you have McSorley who close enough can mirror um, then Huntley's skill set for a couple games and and get us by. Um, If, if we go into, uh, you know, I'd never wish an injury on Lamar, but if he has a a six, eight, 10 week injury and he's going to return um, in the season and with a running quarterback, it's something you have to have in the back of your mind to be responsible. Um, I think that I would not feel comfortable um, with Huntley playing eight games. Um, I think there is one person that sticks out like a sore thumb in the NFL that I would make a Raven immediately. And uh, that player is Gardner Minshew. Um, Gardner Minshew has a $1 million contract or 850 k contract. And, um, He is not the right backup for Trevor Lawrence. He's 25. He's striving uh, to be a starter again one day. Uh, They signed C.J. Beathard for much more than $850,000 a year. Gardner Minshew does not fit there. Um, He's an athletic quarterback. Um, He could run a read option offense. Guy has a ninety, I mean ninety-seven percentile Wonderlick score. I think it was like forty-one or forty-two. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's... yeah. So he can learn Roman's offense probably in a few weeks. I just think if something long-term were to happen to Lamar, he's the no doubt about it. Who I'd be targeting?
3: Okay, that's that's uh, that's fascinating. That's a good profile of positives with Minch. Mean, obviously had a little bit of success at the NFL level. When there's been this. Minshew mania going on and whatnot. Uh, not the guy you'd want long-term either, but I could honestly see that as a reasonable choice. I, I, do you think the Ravens would end up getting him for nothing, or do you think that there would be other suitors such that the Ravens would have to have to bid? He's, a, he's by the way, he's a waiver claim guy. So if there's anybody in the top 23 teams or whatever that wants him, 23, 24 teams, because the Ravens made the final eight last year, then they would all claim ahead of the Ravens and be, have a chance at.
4: Him. Uh, so you're speaking as if he would get cut. If he were cut, yeah. So I, if they, yeah. I, I don't think they would cut him uh, personally. Um, I, I think he's the. I, 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 this is just my opinion. I think he's the um, the next guy up. The first time we see a big quarterback injury, I think he's the first or second on the block to get traded. Um, just so, just a gut feeling.
3: So if you're Jacksonville, you know, a reasonable general manager strategy would be you carry three quarterbacks just to make that trade. Okay, that makes logical sense to me. I I can't argue with that. And then what do you think he'd draw at that time? Obviously, you're dealing with some desperate teams at that point. And you say, well, no, we're not
4: letting him go for a five. It's got to be a four kind of right now. Yeah, you reread my mind. I think he's a four. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're the Ravens, you and something happens, an, an eight-week injury happens to Lamar in week four, you're paying a four without turning back, I think, because um, you cannot... Giving up a year of this Super Bowl window while uh, Lamar... Is, it, it's, it's devastating. Lamar's at his lowest salary we're going to have him for the remainder of his career. You can't just lay over and say, Huntley, take the keys. You look great so far, and we'll see how it works out. I think you have to have a pro who's been there and, and and get us through the rest of the
3: season. I, I agree. I think it would be penny wise and pound foolish not to make that trade. If I mean, with, with all this talent this Ravens roster has, I will say this: I I don't think Gardner Minshew would be a player who leads the Ravens to the to the promised land, even if he was acquired for a four and things were the Ravens were ten and two at the time. Let's say, I still think it's a, it'd be a tremendous long shot for the uh, for Minshew to,
4: to to ride this train home. He kind of has that swag, though. I get a little bit of, like, the, the Nick Foles stepping yeah. in for Wentz. I just get the feeling. I don't know why. It's like I, maybe I had a dream one night. But. <laughs> right. That's a disturbing dream, I think.
3: I, <laughs> I wouldn't be talking about it or admitting it to others. But anyway, that there, it is what it is. Um, anybody else you see maybe available across the league who would make sense for the Ravens to target?
4: Yeah, it was, the free agent landscape just looks bare right now. I think Colt McCoy might be a free agent. Yeah. Um, so, McCoy is how old now? He's about 35. Yeah. 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 35, going on 45, it seems. But, uh, you know, it, I was looking at who's available, and I'd actually be much more comfortable with Huntley than everyone who's available now that somewhat fits the skill set the Ravens are seeking. Um, and, and, like I already said, I, I think Huntley is absolutely fine for a one to three or four week. Period, but I just don't. They're gonna figure it out. Okay, so I've got a
3: little bit of a funny Colt McCoy story. In two thousand and nine, I think it's December two thousand nine. It's December of his senior year at Texas. He won the Johnny United's Golden Arm Award that year. They came to Baltimore to accept it. And if you've ever been to that event, it's a, it's a wonderful event, but it's dominated by the Colts of the fifties. The, who are still remaining alive, and there's, there's fewer every year. The cults of the 70s, who have now kind of taken up some of the mantle of who's there. And the fans of those two teams, who are like me, 58 years old or whatever. And, and you know, I appreciated Johnny Unitas as a kid, but, you know, even, even didn't really see him play too much. But anyway, Colt McCoy got up on the stand, and one of the things he said is, that, first of all, it's a big honor, Johnny Unitas was my grandfather's favorite player. And everybody in the crowd started laughing at that. <laughs> you know, that, you oh. know, wait a minute—he was our favorite player. <laughs> what
4: fan, are you saying here? Fan so anyway, favorite right away. Yeah, good guy. But uh, but anyway, that was uh, that was just one of those moments. So who do you see out there? Is there anyone in in free agency right now before roster cuts that? You have a you know one eye on you know the only the only thing I can say and I don't know what kind of shape he's in or, or, or ready
3: and and honestly I don't think it would even make sense for him in terms of the career he seems to have lined up would be would be going back and getting RG three because uh, he he certainly would know the offense I don't think that would be the problem there'd be some new wrinkles he'd learn that but he'd know the offense the problem is I think that guy's going to make millions as a broadcaster and you know you'd be trying to bring him back for a couple of million to do this job and putting his other career on hold if you've ever heard Robert Griffin speak at the podium you know he will be
4: unbelievably good in the broadcast booth so i I may be wrong here, but didn't he get an offer from college football to be a broadcaster? Yeah, he's he signed. I,
3: I it, it may be on college football, it may be on pro, but, but whatever, he signed by some network to do. To he's do gone.
4: He's retired. Yeah. He's retired, and yeah. Did he impress you last year when he played? No,
3: but, but uh, you know what? You're, you're already into not impressed status when you're at this point. And he did impress me in 2019. He won a Steelers game against a very committed team that needed to win to keep their playoffs hopes alive. And a Ravens team that was, frankly, just playing record ball in, in Week 16. And he got it done, and he got it done very impressively. And I think it was 28-10 they beat the Steelers then. I and mean, It was a big, you know, one-sided game game. Um, I, I just I think there is enough there to look at that game and what happened in two thousand twenty. And I guess he had to be he was the quarterback in the COVID game, but is that the one that he got hurt and then others came in because it was McSorley and and Huntley were were both available on the Cleveland Browns Monday night game. Right. Okay. yeah no, so. I'm sorry. Only McSorley was available. Only McSorley. Huntley was Huntley was not available. Just turn that off here. Apologize for that happening while we're
4: on air. Uh, any, any? Is there any other guy for you that sticks out? No, no other, no other guy for me that I saw that was a, a free agent. We'll have to pay close attention to roster cuts, and maybe we can make a wink, wink, deal with someone. But I'd, I'd almost make that wink, wink trade happen with Mitchu. I mean, I'm call me slightly obsessed, but I, I think he's. If we need to win, go six and two in eight games with this defense and this run game. I think he's the guy over Huntley that could do that, um, but. Yeah, um, this this last preseason game is worrying me a little bit. I think we should start uh, Sam Cook at quarterback. What do you think?
3: <laughs> well, I, I, it, they didn't pull out any scheme, and that is the one thing about preseason football is, you know, we, Roman was actually at the podium today talking about this and talking about you know, do you want to open up some of the playbooks? Should we be concerned? You didn't see, we didn't see anything in terms of deep throws. He goes, you know, not at all. We don't do any game planning in the preseason. That was one of the points he made. You know, he said he's not opening the playbook because, hey, we want the people to do basic things. We don't want to give them all the advantages that we intend to give them during the regular season, like having perfect blocking angles and, and perfect ways to get open because we want to see what they can do as players. It's a great answer in terms of, of of why not. And the fact that they've run that same boot play that the edge defender has never been fooled on in like 10 tries this year. Maybe they've been fooled once, but... It just tells me they're not making any real effort to to wiggle somebody free down the field or use play action even between level two and level three. I don't think we've seen that yet,
4: right? And and you know even with not even trying to be tricky in the least bit, you know Hunt, Huntley's showing fine, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm very impressed with them so far. Yeah.
3: All right, Chris, pleasure to talk football with you. Thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome again anytime, of course. Uh, Any kind of narrow topic like this, we love to have folks on. Other people out there listening, I hope contact me if you have something and you want to talk about. Love to do it. And this concern Series, I've really been appreciated meeting a lot of new people who are coming on the show for the first time. Importantly, where do people talk football with you?
4: Yeah, thanks, Ken. Thanks for the invite. This was this was really fun. So, uh, um, my name is Chris Caldwell. You can find me on Twitter um, at c_caldwell45. Uh, same handle for Instagram, and uh, love to chat with all you guys. All right, great. Uh, thanks again so
3: much for coming on, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs>